Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for September 8th is Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. Gog and Magog. Interesting person, this Gog, from an interesting place. There's all kinds of different theories about who this is and where he's from. Magog is mentioned in Genesis in the Table of Nations. Gog, by name, is first referenced in First Chronicles, I believe, in chapter 5. Of course, here throughout chapters 38 and 39, and then again in Revelation. The only place in the New Testament is in Revelation chapter 20. And it's after the millennial reign of Christ where there's this end-time battle, sometimes referred to by different people as the Battle of Armageddon. The series of events is very interesting. So Jesus is returning. He establishes his throne on earth in Israel in literal physical form and reigns for 1,000 years. This is the millennial reign of Christ. Many people do not believe that Jesus is going to literally reign on earth in physical form and they would be referred to as all millennialists. Some people believe that it already took place and it's not a literal 1000 year period, but it's a, it just means a long time and they would be called post millennialists. They, they believe it's already taken place. I, in my study of the Bible would fall into the category and I don't like categories. I'm just, I'm just sharing this so that we have an understanding of the topic so at least you guys can see where I'm coming from. I'm not asking anybody to agree with me. The point of all of this is for you to read the Bible for yourself and for you to make up your own mind, right? If I say anything that interests you and you go around telling other people what I said, that doesn't do the world any bit of good at all. If I say something that causes you to think and study the scriptures for yourself and then you get to know God better. That's a win. That's a win for me. That's a win for you. That's a win for God. That's a win for the kingdom. That's the whole point, right? We're not trying to create a new denomination or a movement with me as a leader. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. We want people to read the word of God and get to know him for themselves. That's why we do this. And so with all that said, I believe the millennial reign is a literal 1000 year period that is in the future. I believe it starts when Jesus returns in physical, literal form to this earth and establishes his reign. There will be a resurrection of the dead, just like there was a mini resurrection when Jesus died on the cross. People got up out of their tombs and it was documented by hundreds of different eyewitnesses that corroborated each other's stories. They saw dead men getting up out of tombs and walking around the streets of Jerusalem. It's a literal historical fact. It's hard to believe. But there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses. So we have to believe it. At the end of the millennial reign, Gog 
and Magog are referenced in Revelation. Gog in chapter 38, the word in chapter 38 of Ezekiel, God says, Son of man, face Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. Prophesy against him and say, this is what the Lord Yahweh says. Look, I am against you, Gog. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with all your army. Some people believe that this is a future leader of Russia, maybe the current leader, Mr. Vladimir Putin. Um, And they have historical reasons for believing that. I believe this is referring to a spiritual type of person because it refers to him as the prince of Meshech and Tubal. The word Meshech comes from the Hebrew word, the root word Rosh, which means head or beginning or the top. It's the root word has the connotation of of to draw, like drawing an arrow, drawing a a bow back to, to fire an arrow. And then Tubal has this connotation of an answer or to restore or to return an answer. And it's almost like from the head, from the beginning to the answer, the the finish, the beginning to the end almost. These people of humanity who refuse to submit to the authority and reign of Jesus Christ and live in this picture. And if you think about when you share the gospel with somebody, or you just invite them to church, or you just say, hey, can I pray for you? Looks like maybe you're, you know, you're, I hear you complaining about your situation. Would you like that to get better? Can I pray for you? And when people resist the kingdom of heaven from like a defensive position, no, I don't want your prayer. No, I'm not going to go to church. No, don't tell me about your Jesus. That's a defensive And I can almost see that, especially by people who have been hurt by religion, hurt by the church, hurt by people claiming to be Christian. Gog and Magog in Revelation 20 take an offensive position against the literal physical reign of Jesus Christ. Like they see Jesus, there's world peace, there's a thousand years of him reigning from Jerusalem. The world is in an incredible place unlike it's ever seen. There's world peace. And these people, while Satan is locked in it, and they don't even have him to blame, they can't even say the devil made me do it. They gather together to offensively, to go on the offense against Jesus against his reign world. The world is in a place where if somebody dies at the age of 100, people will mourn and say, he was so young. He only lived to a hundred. What a shame. And in the midst of that, they gather together and try to overthrow the literal physical reign of Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. And so 
all the way down in verse 18. Now on that day, the day when Gog comes against the land of Israel, this is the declaration of the Lord Yahweh, my wrath will flare up. For a thousand years, God let you live in peace, in world prosperity, with no war. And now you've made up your mind that you're going to come and attack Israel, where Jesus himself sits on the throne as the literal king of the world? God's anger is going to flare up over that. It says in verse 23, I will display my greatness and holiness and will reveal myself in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am Yahweh. So they will see the power and the might put on display so that they will know that there is a God in heaven and that Jesus is his son, that Jesus is God in the flesh, not just a God, but the God, the author of life, the author of creation, the inventor and perfecter of faith. This incredible Jesus. And when the people of the earth rally together to try to defeat God, to try and defeat the reign of Jesus, to try to overthrow him personally in a physical way, like crucifying him once wasn't enough. Now they want to, they want to kill him again. God says, you're going to see my glory. And it's to defend his son but it's to defend his people as well. It's to defend us, friends. And we want God to put his power on display at that time. Verse 7, I will make my holy name known among my people Israel and will no longer allow it to be profaned. We all know that God's name is being profaned throughout the earth wherever there are Christians. Our example does not measure up. Wherever there are Christians, especially those who are not believers, but who use his name, who say, oh, you can trust me because I'm a believer. And then they turn around and steal from you or stab you in the back in some other way. Oh, you can trust me because I'm a Bible teacher. And then they do horrible things to your children. God will not allow that to continue and that's a glorious day at the end of time Israel will be restored to God and God says in verse 21 of chapter 39 I will display my glory among the nations and all the nations will see the judgment I have executed and the hand I have laid on them from that day forward the house of Israel will know that I am Yahweh their God and the nations will know that the house of Israel went into exile on account of their iniquity because they dealt unfaithfully with me. I hid my face from them and handed them over to their enemies so that they all fell by the sword. I dealt with them according to their uncleanness and transgressions and I hid my face from them. And now says in verse 25, I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have compassion on the whole house of Israel. I will be jealous for my holy name. They will regret their disgrace and their unfaithfulness. 
God says, I will demonstrate my holiness through them in the sight of many nations. They will know that I am Yahweh. When I regather them to their own land, and it's not just the Jewish people, in my opinion. Some people take this literally, it's only the Jews. But it's always been acceptable for the Gentiles to come and assimilate into the land of Israel. Just like Ruth said, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. The thing is, we have to be willing to accept their laws, their nations, their customs. We don't get to assimilate into the people of God and remain as we were to hold on to our sin. We have to be changed, friends. And that's the good news, is that we get to be changed. He changes us. He accepts us as we are. And then he molds us into his image. In his kindness, he loves us so much that he won't leave us as we are. Do not believe the lie that says you don't have to change. We all have to change. Don't go so far to the extreme that says we all have to conform and be like one another. There's a difference there between cultural diversity and sin. We must let go of our sin and celebrate one another's cultures at the same time. It's not easy, but it's beautiful when we do it well. May God give us that grace to do it well. Thank you for being on this journey, friends. We will see you tomorrow.